What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. Oh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. JC has a hard out, so hard out. We're going to be we're we're talking quickly today. Pick it up with the welcome. If you're listening to us, put it on one point five. First joke of the day. First joke of the day. Oh God, we got to get to that first joke. JC has a hard out. She's right in a hurry. Out cannot move. You know, I was JC was doing a a lot of uh, you know last second preparations for the podcast, and so during the theme, I was actually watching her box and to, to jc to watch your face careful look buddy. at look careful. at every oh i know i'm watching her box oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, um that's edited but yes out. yeah that would that should be first joke of the day so that should be last joke of your life yeah <laughs> watching jc's box dead death here lies alex sulkin Nobody thought he was and that what great. What was wrong with my face? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Here, let's let's move from your box to your face, as as one does. Uh, yeah, you know, you were, you were you were scrambling. You were you had scrambling face. Hey, what is that like? You were you nostrils? were looking from one thing to the next. You were talking to yourself. No, I, went. You, I don't even know if you noticed that. <laughs> you were. First of you all, were. I always talk to myself, but I was okay. testing the mic to make sure the signal was getting there. Like, okay. Yeah, I saw that. That was separate from the talking to yourself psychopath moment. Yes, you were. And your eyes were darting this way and that. I do that the whole podcast. But yeah, I mean, we don't know her hard out after her hard out. She might have a second hard out. I do. There might be hard outs stacked all day, and she's just in a total panic. You are. We're talking about hard outs in JC's box. Good start to the show. And they're canceled. And we're canceled. Yay! We're all yeah, good. Thank we God. did it, guys. Thank we you, everybody. Finally join that. He can't go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he oh. can't even check it. Oh no! He go. <laughs> <laughs> we can all finally live out our dream of joining Lauren Boebert's re-election campaign. People get out there hit to Colorado. Fresh all day on their browsers. Don't like him. <laughs> That's all being canceled uh, is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Speaking of frantic energy and hard outs and all that, we started late okay. today because because of me. And uh, the reason is we've been having construction here at, at the house. If you listen to the show, you know this. It's first world problems. Super but MBN. the construction is almost over. Like we can smell the barn here. We're wow. within the last week. So what we do is we get the construction workers lunch on Fridays every every week during construction. But now in this hustle and hustle construction week, workers, do they eat lunch every day or do they eat lunch just on Friday? All right. Well here's the point, Mr. Impatient. Yeah, you want to get them lunch every day and be paying an extra grand a week? You're welcome to do that. Uh nope. so this week uh, yeah, nope, not doing uh, it. Nope. This week, since we're so close, we decided at Goldie, thank you very much, that we would get them lunch every day. So I was hustling out to get their lunch to get back to start this podcast. But what makes that so fucking hard where <laughs> I live on Cape Cod, uh, yeah. all the roads around here, the speed limit is 20 miles per hour. Really? And there are cops. Oh. They're like waiting behind, you know, bushes and trees. So... <laughs> 
I don't you know, know how you, fast you were going. Uh, yeah, 24. Yeah, 20, 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, pal. Hey, Mario yeah. Andretti, pull it over. Yeah, you passed that pedestrian. That's how fast you were that's going. You, you passed that 61-year-old uh, Cape Cod woman taking Whose a vigorous pants walk. pants aren't quite white, but Speed they're walking. not quite yellow. We don't oh. know what color they are. Oh, don't don't get me started about what the women look like down here. It'll be the whole show, and JC has a heart out. Um, but I don't know if you guys know, like, obviously in L.A., when there's bad traffic, you you don't move. You know, you crawl along, and you're it's like you're just used to it. But on an open road, to go 20 <laughs> miles per hour is almost impossible. It takes... An incredible force of will to yeah. stay around twenty. Like even even to go thirty is like you feel like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm an old granny here. Going twenty, it's like you're traveling backwards. Wow, yeah, it's <laughs> impossible. And and but I have that Massachusetts uh, blood coursing through my veins. So I get angry about the twenty mile per hour speed limit, and I'm like trying to adhere to it. And then somebody comes right up on my ass, and I'm like, fuck you, pal. It's 20 miles per hour. Can't you read? What are you trying to kill somebody? So that was my morning of racing around with like 18 hot subs in the car at 20 miles miles per hour. Yeah, racing might not be the right word. Mr. Magooing my way through Bourne with, with hot lunch. Anyway. Are they going to finish on time? Because uh, they, well, they've they already missed so that. Much. They've already yeah. missed that. Always the on time. The on time was uh, Memorial Day. Oh. Uh, so now the on time is one hour before our first guests arrive, <laughs> and then <laughs> and, and it looks like be... we're sort of on schedule to accomplish that. Oh, nice. But uh, you know, as I like to say around this house all the time, at least I'm not bald. Oh, oh, rude. <laughs> no, that was a segue. That's oh. a segue. Yeah, it's a segue. I understand. That's, that's a, a segue. That's a segue. <laughs> that's the this only is reason why the whole construction crew genuinely likes you and <laughs> yes, they do. hopes you enjoy your new home and they've done <laughs> the best job possible, I'm sure, <laughs> because of the way you relate to people and then try to, try to paste over the that's cracks of your maltreatment, try to pave that over with sandwiches. Yeah, that's right. I see, you, I see right through you. What, what can I get you tomorrow, by the way, Goldie? You want a nice sandwich? I can have it delivered to your door. I don't want any of your fucking food. No, thank you. Can you have a, a roll of I brought deli? my own. No, nope, don't need yours. All right, uh, good. All right, well, here's what I want to talk about, and thank you again for that Good segue. I, I <laughs> Good really segue. appreciate it. I won't remember it and later fucking hit you with a dart in the neck. Um, so for those who follow me on Twitter, uh, yes, thank I do. you. Yes. Uh, you know that I, I have a new sort of cause celeb, um, which is I noticed about two months ago I, I follow CNBC. I, I play the stock market a little bit, and uh, Ooh, I follow the financial well. financial. Oh, it's going great! Yeah. We're not doing work on my house, <laughs> and we that won't went, be anytime that went away. soon. Yeah, that went away. Yeah, no, we're not doing anything. Uh, I noticed about two or three months ago that every time the stock market went up, they would show a picture of a trader with hair. And then every time the stock market went down, the trader would be bald. And yeah. I'm and not this. making this up. Yeah. Like, no, it, you've proven it. It was Proof every day. If you go back in my Twitter feed, it's like I have the receipts. Yes, yes right? absolutely. It's, it's the market crashes, goes down, bald guy. The market goes up, trader with hair. And like I've, yeah. I've called them out and they're totally fucking with me. By the way. No one cares because no one cares about bald people. I know this. I've, I, this has been proven over and over to me. Like you watch even the movie Ted. It's like the reveal is Giovanni's character, the villain. He's secretly bald. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? And like it's the only oh, group. You can just shit. You can shit on any bald person and no one will care. Like it's, it's the safest place. You'll never safe. be canceled for calling someone a bald fuck. Like we're the lowest on the totem pole and no one gives shit. But today – it. This was unbelievable. They took it to new levels because I, I thought I was having maybe a little bit of an effect because I swear to God, I'm maniacal enough to believe that like once in about two or three weeks, 
the market was down slightly and the and the person still had hair. They still haven't gone <laughs> yeah, with a yeah, bald yeah. person right. when it goes up, but when it goes down, they've switched to a person with yeah, like it's thinning, thinning hair <laughs> <Yeah>. occasionally. <laughs> it's getting so everybody. I, I, like now. I believe someone's tracking this and and reading my tweets on on some level. Maybe maybe not. But I swear to God, today I thought I had won because the market <laughs> was down. Yeah, and they had a guy with hair when it was kind of mildly down. Yeah, and then the market was way down, and they panicked and they switched to a bald guy midday. <laughs> they switched the fucking stock photo. The like anyone would go, oh, we, why would he switch the photo? I know because the market yeah. was that. Like no one's tracking that photo but me. Yeah, I'm the now. only person in the world who's paying attention to this. And I, I swear to God, to me too. they switched to a bald guy because yeah. the market was way down. I think you're onto something for sure. I love. Uh, by the way, this is more than a theory. Now. Now. Yeah, this has yes, been proven I've out proven because it. Well, yeah. you know because when you first brought it up, I thought it was just one of your things, one of your <laughs> rantings and musings. But then looking at your Twitter, as you say, yeah. you have the receipts. If if you can prove something ten times or more, you've proven it. So you've yeah. done it. That's true. And now the 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 what do we do with it? What? Well, here's I don't know. The, but I, if you replace bald with literally. A racial thing, a gender thing, and said, yeah. "Oh, every time the market goes down, they demonize this person subliminally." Yeah. Yeah. Like th- there would be flares up all over. But it's like if it, if they were obese when it went down, and then skinny when it went up, everyone would yes. say, "Oh, you're demonizing, right. yeah. you know, the obese." Right. And it's like you're fat shaming. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's the only acceptable group to shit on is oh. the ball, and they're having a fucking field day over at CNN. It's so congrats. It's the only safe they're, they're, over there. Ha- I hope you're enjoying your laughs at, at the expense of the bald. I hope you're sitting there with your big heads of hair going, we're winning. <laughs> well, I have a bone to pick with you about this. Oh, great. Um, I love the now beyond theory. I love this fact that you've proven. Okay. But we have a friend of the show, a friend, a, a okay. big uh, friend who we've met in person. Yes. Lauren yes. Savan. Yes. Okay. I found out how Hi, to Lauren. pronounce her name. Savan. That's how nice. you do it. She You're hosts. Sort of a savant. Yes. An, an idiot savan. <laughs> so she hosts uh, a radio show. It's like a business themed radio show in Los Angeles. Goldie, she reached out to you to be on uh-huh. there to talk about this theory. Oh. And you said, no, I'm watching sports. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, not I can't. Sports. God I'm forbid the, you could talk the about the game podcast. of the NBA finals, we don't potentially. Know, we don't know that it's deciding. And also, God forbid you could get on a radio show and talk about this fucking podcast <laughs> and maybe get us six more listeners. <laughs> like, could you? are you doing all you can? No, I got to sit in. You didn't even have to go into a studio. You could have done it from right where you're sitting now. What have you done? I do a lot, my friend. A lot. I am hustling. You don't even know. I don't even have You haven't even gotten me a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing more for the the people who've totally boffed the construction of your home than you do for your fellow podcasters. Listen, I know I'm not skipping out. I'm having people over. I'm not I'm not skipping out on the on the NBA finals. To yell about this a second time. People, you know, you, you can listen you to the podcast. It would be a 10-minute segment. A 10-minute segment. I, I know. Yeah, Not while I'm watching it. Well, you know what? <laughs> Good. I, I, I have Good. To, I'm, glad, I'm glad I blew it. <laughs> I, have, I have to sit back and almost admire the fact of how little you're willing to do for this podcast. Because I get it. I feel the same way. Um, <laughs> you know, we're about to get into Johnny. What Joe. would the upside be? So it's like a couple six people. More people. Six. Oh, what if Warren care. Buffett listens to that show and he's like, "Oh, well, I love this I podcast. I'm investing in it." That show. I'm sure they do. I just don't want to be sitting with the NBA Finals yelling about being bald. I'd like to get outside <laughs> myself and enjoy a basketball game. Oh, Maybe God. there'll be another you know, op- opportunity. I know. You know what? I, I I made it a thing just to just to have funny banter, but I totally respect not doing something. I think you know that. I totally <laughs> yeah. respect saying I don't want to do that for any reason. Any no, reason at I all. I would do it. It would literally if it wasn't a finals game. Yeah. Right. Now you're feeling bad. Now you're like, oh, she's listening. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm but not we're, feeling we're, bad. We're, we're about to get into Johnny jokes. Good luck with want... the business radio shirt during game six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bad night. It's a bad night for that. Um, 
We're about to get into Johnny jokes. And another thing I realized, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about this podcast was driving us crazy. And and last week, I must say, Goldie, breath of fresh oh, air, so having you do that Robert Evans it. thing. Uh, I mean, not only was it hilarious, but also for me, there was a lot less to do. So it was really <laughs> great. A double win. And you were awesome. Well, it just was, knowing you're going to pay me back pretty soon uh, and, and uh, do the lion's uh, share in an yeah, upcoming week. You that's got a sandwich. Sandwich. Sandwich coming your way. But one thing that I realized, because Johnny jokes are by far, you know, the most annoying thing about this podcast for us. And not only because you have to work, you have to come up with the joke, you have to, you know, hope it's good, all that shit. Mm -hmm. But also you're forced, at least I am, when I look for stories, I'm scrolling through CNN and all the news is terrible. It forces oh, yeah. me to see all the headlines that I don't want to see because I'm looking for like, you know, man throws poop at painting. You know, it's <laughs> right. like there, there's like one of those for every 20 that's like Trump, you know, gearing up for next reelection bid. It's like yeah. he's not. Yeah. Everything is terrible. Yeah, so food shortages. Yeah. They got that baby formula plant yeah. back up just in time for it to get flooded. I know, but it's apparently. because no. of the, the cost of diesel that's going to screw up the farms. And pretty soon your workers may have to share a sandwich. <laughs> that's what that's going to be. <laughs> good, good thematic tie-up. All right, let's get into Johnny Jokes, for God's okay. sakes. <laughs> From Hollywood. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a finals game. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, we're still going to do it here. <laughs> creative, creative intro. Great. All right, let's get into these god awful things. Yeah, let's Here get we go. into it, my friend. A, a Jonathan Carson from Nebraska. <laughs> Grew up in Nebraska. A farm kid from Nebraska, Johnny Carson. Here we go. Uh, New Orleans, speaking of place names, New Orleans will be opening a brand new museum devoted to the history of jazz even including jazz-themed restrooms. Yeah, that's right. It'll be the only place in the world where you can take a Dizzy Gillespie or a Duke Ellington. <laughs> Starting off with terrible puns. What's a Gillespie? Dizzy Gillespie. Oh, Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah, Dizzy yeah. Gillespie. Dizzy, I should have said go, that better. Let's pee. Yeah, Dizzy, go, let's pee. I should have done that. All right. I had yeah. to go bathroom. I had to go bathroom. <laughs> Moving on. All right, here we go. Well, after a 27-year run, Microsoft's Internet Explorer shut down this week. Yeah. He gone. And, uh, yeah, he, they gone. And if you want to know why this early search engine shut down, just Google it. <laughs> moving on That's slowly okay now we, we get into more puns the stuff i love here we go <laughs> former president donald trump made a public appearance at a european fashion show in palm beach last week yeah uh, but the event was marred when a hot mic picked up trump saying he'd like to grab one of the runway models by the poochie <laughs> Pucci, famous Italian designer. designer. <laughs> and lastly. Hot mic. Yeah, hot mic. Finally, thank Christ. Uh, one of the contestants in this year's Miss America pageant has been disqualified after she was found in possession of marijuana. Yeah, tough break. Uh, but on the plus side, she was unanimously voted misdemeanor. <laughs> Misdemeanor. Right. <laughs> Second he, Johnny. I liked it. All right, let's go. Because of a mysterious illness, Vladimir Putin has a man who travels everywhere with him holding a briefcase of his feces. Yeah, this is true. Uh, the man says it's still less humiliating than holding his wife's purse. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this was interesting. Uh the number of abortions has increased for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. Mm. Officials say it's because women can't resist a going out of business sale. <laughs> oh, God, that's great, but it's terrible. That's amazing. Wait, wait till you hear my closer. It's uh, amazing. Um, that's amazing. And uh, the, the, economy, the economy keeps getting worse. Really? And it's not just here. Inflation is becoming a worldwide problem, forcing mass layoffs all over the globe. It's gotten so bad, 
Vladimir Putin may soon have to carry his own briefcase. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> nice. Oh, he's got and all finally, the tricks. A Norm. All right. A Norm McDonald. Our old friend. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and Frank. <laughs> and Frank is on the cover of this month's issue of Life magazine. <laughs> If there's any magazine she shouldn't be on the cover of. <laughs> oh Those are great. Great. Oh, what gusto, too. Such gusto. You got to respect the gusto. They, these were all, like, mine were all borderline this week. Like, you know, um, some weeks you just go, I'm, no. I'm very soft. I'm doing, like, work. This was all, like, these were all questionable, but, you know. You, you questionable funny. in terms of taste? No, yeah, you go, like, oh, abortion and Frank, yeah. but then you just go, you know. No, that, the, by know. the way, that abortion okay. joke was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, despite you. it being difficult as thematically that was a great joke oh my god fantastic (laughs) carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car that's why every car we sell is carmax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer so don't settle Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, well, you know what? Now this this, this part of the show is going to be fun. Um, we always like the theme. For some reason, it's just like a, a little less stress somehow. But this week, we're doing something fun. We've In the past, we've talked about uh, the Cheers pilot. So today, we thought we would focus in on the pilot for the British office. So the office, the Ricky Gervais office, which, and I'm sure we'll get into many discussions about this. I, I, I mean, I think it's the, the best sitcom ever. Um, and I thought the pilot was great. It was yeah. really fun to rewatch and kind of, uh, kind of think about. And Goldie, I don't know if you had any thoughts on how you wanted to do this, but I thought, maybe, is Goldie frozen or is he just sitting no, very still? No, I'm just sitting okay. very still <laughs> wow, That listening. was incredibly still. Like a ball so, sphinx. <laughs> oh, we're having technical difficulties. Oh, I made something for that. Technical difficulties. Please stand by. Ah. No, now he's moving. Now I see there him moving is. fluidly. Okay. But I like that technical difficulties thing you got there. Thank Maybe you. we can get that in somehow. Um, I'm starting to sound like your Robert Evans Goldie. Uh, when I get close to the mic and I'm leaning over. Uh, I thought the office pilot was terrific. You need a more handsome lead. No, but uh, here, here's my first impression is... We need to acknowledge the opening theme and the opening B-roll of Grey England that they use. It's The song is a cover of a Rod Stewart Faces song, okay. and it's just, it's perfectly pitched for all the grey, rainy stuff we're seeing. Because I think this show, an- another thing that it does is it really tears away at the myth of England. And I love shows that do that, because you think of England and you think of like, you know, uh, t- grand towers and, yeah. and beautiful church uh, cemeteries and, and yards and all that stuff and, and rolling hills. But this is, they're saying, no, no, no. England is brutalist architecture, terrible buildings, <laughs> rainy roundabouts. Like yeah. this is this is your life at this office. So I love the the tone they set right away before you even meet anyone. Yeah. Now, Goldie, you said you wanted to backtrack. Yeah, I mean, I had I had similar thoughts, um, and I, I one of the things I noticed is that when they do this sort of, uh, they go close on the building, the weather stripping on the windows is like, <laughs> rotted away. Like it, yeah. it, it really paints the picture well. I want to take a step back for a second yeah. though, as to the why we're talking about this. You know, it's a show that we both like a great deal, but. Yeah. Sitcoms really break down into into just a few categories, which are family, workplace, yep, uh, 
I'm trying to think. Is there a third? Am I am I missing one? Uh, friends, right? But yeah. Those those are sort of family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it really no, is. To me, it's you know whether it's the best sitcom of all time. I I think it's right up there. But I I mean to me, it's in terms of a workplace sitcom, um, which if you're a writer, you know this is probably what you're trying to sell. It's like, it's the funny, it's the office at a hospital. It's the office at right. a fire station. It's the office yep. at a police station. It's the yep. office, you know, and, and what this show did for me, having been working in an office around the time it was created, it captured perfectly a character we all knew was out there, but no one had quite shown on screen and articulated, which was post David Letterman. I feel like everyone was trying to be funny and quippy and ironic. And this seeped into the workplace where every boss <laughs> didn't want to, wanted to have this element of their personality where sometimes they weren't quite a boss, like a fifties boss. Like they were like, I'm one of you. But then the second you bought into them being that they would redraw the line and say, right. no, I'm your fucking boss. Yeah. <laughs> and this was everywhere I was working. Cause I was a temp. I was in many offices like, they would try to be the cool boss, like, you know, let's have a beer at lunch. And then they would go, you know, these forms that you you sent in, are <laughs> they're incomplete on this one area. And then they would, you know, take you to task. Yeah, and, yeah. and so it, it really is, yeah. I mean, it's the office, but it really is the boss, right? It's, like, it's, it's that character, and it's the so casting the and portrayal of this ultimate 90s character whose life was that they were in an office trying to get this path to respectability, but in a way not quite buying in themselves because they harbored fantasies of themselves as entertaining or funny. (laughs) And that they thought they were bringing that to the, quote, culture of the office. And this was ubiquitous. Yes. And portrayed so well in this show. And and it still is rampant today. I mean, that honestly, you hit on a a great, you know, that's, that's, that's the main note of the show is David Brent, Ricky Gervais. And we have to shout out Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant who created the show. And quite clearly they had an experience with, with a boss like this or a person like this because they absolutely nailed it. But it's like David Brent's need to be liked and his need to be seen as cool was, it, it just, it's so powerful that it makes me cringe watching it because I think we, I mean, at least I can. And Goldie, you run shows too. and But I think, and I, I had a point about this later, I think one of the many ways you and I differ is that you don't care as much about people liking you. No, I do. I, oh, I mean, you do, but... It's a ploy. It's like, I don't care... Because Before I think not caring care. will make me look cooler. Yeah. But, right. And then in turn, they'll like me more because they think I don't care. But the yeah. reality is, of course I care. Hey, okay. All right. This is yeah. this is very revelatory because I feel like I kind of wear that on my sleeve where it's like I definitely, when I watch The Office, I cringe because of the things <laughs> that I see in myself that David Brent is doing. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Like, why do I ever try and be playful and cool with people that I work with. It's like, I should just be much more rigid and businesslike. Oh, I don't um, see David Brent in you at all. Just oh, by well, the way, you know, yeah, you're so. not, you're not looking at me through my eyes. Oh. So <laughs> I think you okay. totally finally nailed yourself. I see. <laughs> <laughs> finally, no therapy needed. Um, you, so well, I, one, one other thing, when you talk about writing and like, the the writing of this episode there's nothing really new about it like the the if you were just to say well what happens it's like well a a temp gets hired and gets a tour of the office uh in a meeting david brent learns that there is perhaps going to be a merger and tries to right. keep it from his staff and they find out like there's there's not right. that much but then it it's it, it's in the particulars of the acting some of the writing which we'll get into but th- this time one of the things i i really was attuned to was the wardrobe and the yeah. way david brent's <laughs> shirt is too big like yeah. he's a small guy who's so st- this nothing fit until like 2012 and now yeah. suddenly you can get different cuts of everything yes. that actually fit. Yeah. like i never had clothes that fit when i was an <laughs> office temp yeah. my pants everything was too big and then because my torso is small and my legs are long i would have to wear a bigger shirt and tuck it in like he does and i I really 
just sort of applaud yeah. these details the that when you view it for the seventh time, like they you ever, just go, God, they, they totally, hit every detail of this thing. They totally nailed it. And and that's another, uh, a couple points that, that come to mind when you say that uh, in terms of things that they nailed. And this is a good lesson for writers because I think the temptation is when you're going to write a pilot, you want your characters to talk, 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 and talk who they are. So you, when you hear in their conversational scenes, you're like, okay, this person is that, that's that, here's their story, there's this story, this is what the vibe of this workplace is like. In The Office, there's they start out with that great drum solo monologue of David Brent's when he's getting that guy the forklift operator's uh, yes, test and he's the- doing his Pinocchio nose because he's lying. <laughs> he's crossing himself because he's lying and like trying to look cool. It was all so funny. And you can see right away that he's nailing this character. But then what they do is they go out into the office and they're just like two or three shots that are like a second each, if that, of people putting their jackets over their chairs, typing at their computers, you know, a little waste paper basket or printer going. It's three seconds. And the sound design on that is impeccable too. It's it's amazing. Amazing. And and within those three seconds, you know that workplace. Like you, that's it. Like, so for writers out there, you don't need to have all these wordy scenes of people saying like, well, this place is a nightmare because last year they did jokety yeah. joke. And then five <laughs> years ago, the guy did jokety joke. Yeah. It's like all you need are three seconds of well-directed, well-staged B-roll. And it's like, OK, now I totally understand what's going on around this guy, David Brent. And to that point, when we meet, uh, which is, you know, pretty soon after, we meet uh, Tim and Gareth. Okay, so that's, you know, Martin Freeman, who I love. Amazing And guy. Gareth, I forget the actor's Mackenzie name. Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook. They're both great in the show. But their story, they share a desk, and they're the odd couple. It's not new. It's <laughs> right. like they're just, that. that's it. Like, Tim is like, seems like a normal guy. Like, we kind of see through his eyes. He's like us. And 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 Mackenzie Crook, Gareth is like a you know a, a crazy uptight you know weird military psycho kind of <laughs> character, but they're the odd couple. And most writers, studios, networks would say that's the show. You know, these two here, this odd couple at work, that's what we want. But the genius of The Office is the odd couple element of it is way in the background. It's so much more about this glorious character that Goldie described so well that was born in the 90s in a post-Letterman world, thinks they're cool, thinks they're funny. And that is so much more interesting than just watching every episode about this odd couple who share a desk, which could have been kind of funny because both those actors are very good, but thank goodness they're just supporting characters of, of sort of the David Brent show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, we have to also talk about the mockumentary yes. element yeah. of this. Was that the so, first? Was it the- well, I, I read a little bit about it that Gervais and Stephen Merchant were inspired by no, uh, you know, no surprise here, Spinal, Spinal Tap, Tap and uh, Waiting for Guffman, which are both also yeah. excellent. But I believe it certainly set off the trend of these mockumentaries that we see now. Like every mockumentary that's on American television, you know, since then just is because of The Office, including The American Office. They, you know, smartly stole that convention. But it's not like Gervais and Merchant invented the wheel when they were doing their British office. They That mockumentary style had existed before, but I think only in, in movies. So maybe bringing it to TV was kind of their thing. But just <laughs> Ricky Gervais breaks the fourth wall and tells us it's a mockumentary in the very first scene when yeah. he is Love talking it. to the forklift guy and he says, hey, how's your wife? She left you yet? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, it hangs up and he's like, it, it turns out she had left him. And then he looks right at the camera like with this really beady-eyed look. And it's great. Like, it was just such a glorious thing at the time, which has now been a little watered down by the stuff that's come after it. But at the time, it was, yeah. No, I mean, everything turned into a mockumentary after that. Yeah, so, I mean, if we just want to go through, like, and highlight some different moments that we liked, I mean, I I was enjoying uh, when David is first basically showing the cameras around the office and we meet Don Tinsley, (laughs) 
Don. Yeah, well, I yeah. One thing I want to talk about, like, yeah, just before we get into that, in in terms of the writing of this, is so like the mockumentary saves you from these clunky what we call pipelines of where someone has to state in kind of an awkward way what someone else does instead of Ricky Gervais going by Don's desk and going, Don is my assistant. You failed to get me coffee. Or like he's able because of the mockumentary to say. Uh, Don Tinsley, assistant extraordinaire, whatever, in a, in a way that seems natural because he's showing and the, and they the additional sort of craftsmanship I admire is that he's bringing that temp around so that when he introduces yeah. and that temp winds up being kind of a marginal character in the show, right. um, but uh, and a bigger one in the American show, but when he's introducing people and saying what they do, all this exposition is totally natural because you're showing around. This person, what you're really yeah. doing is you're telling the audience, here's what you're going to see. Yes. But you don't feel like it, you know, there are these, ba- when you read so many pilots, there are these bad lines like, you know, Dave, I, you're 42 and not married and you're telling me <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. turn down an invitation to go on a weekend away with your business and you you could meet fellow pilots? Like you're yeah. avoiding all that just horrible writing by showing someone else around and a second thing i admire about it is in the bad version of this the person he's showing around would be one of the main characters we're introducing right Right. it would be like you haven't met jerry jerry's here from london to get the office in ship shape he's an outside consultant everyone needs to be on the bed like it just wouldn't be funny like you would it would be something you can explain to executives why you're doing it but in reality it wouldn't be funny whereas like it allows you to just slice a life this thing mm-hmm. um, and that and that, you know, I want to hear what you have to say about Don. But that, but then when they get to Tim and they do his little interview, you realize, oh, Tim is me. Like he yeah. just says the truth about this office. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, this yeah. place looks fucking horrible and you're wasting yeah. your life, which is something yes. I deeply felt every time I walked into an office yeah. and still to this day a little bit um, <laughs> when I was doing it. And I, I just thought those things in terms of the construction, the writing were admirable. Yeah, it was yeah. great. You're so right. It's such a it's so much more artful the way that they do it in terms of like it's organic showing someone around an office and then you get pipe as opposed to all those hammy lines that you were uh, saying earlier. But yeah, so when when David is doing one of those, you know, taking the cameras around and we meet Don Tinsley. Don Tinsley. Don Tinsley. And of course, her story with Tim becomes a great uh, romance that lasts throughout the series. And it's it's awesome that they plant all this stuff in, in episode one, and it really grows, especially because the office, the British office is such a short, you know, there are only 13 episodes, I think, with the Christmas special. And, and they really, they get right into the big, big story moments. But when he's introducing Don, he makes it like an inappropriate sexual joke. <laughs> He says to, you know, uh, he makes some pun like, I, I, I reckon everyone in the office has woken up at the crack of dawn. And she's like, what? And, and so you see him cringe and realize that it's bad. But it also just tells you more about this character. And this is something we all experience, especially at Family Guy. Like, there's this outdated sexism that this guy thinks is okay and then... It isn't. And then we watch him desperately kind of go out of his way at different points during the series and in this episode to make himself seem like an enlightened person. You know, like when he's pointing out that little drawing on the cork board that's like some sexual scenario. And he's like, it's not sexist, though, because it's uh, it's, that's the woman saying it for once, which I, uh, you know, approve of. And like, it's just this character, they, they, they left nothing out in terms of how uh, you know ridiculously pathetic this guy is yeah. and and but watching also when him... she comments on his drinking it's like yes, as I, I have... say uh dishing it out sign me up taking it no thank you like <laughs> i have that written in here your quote about that he's so thin-skinned that he <laughs> can't handle it and so you get it right away like he, yep. he, the first time it's about him he's he's like livid and he redraws so the boss friend line yes yes to when, boss yeah yes when he he's giving himself shit about like trying to seem cool about drinking With and she's breath. like he kind of points out yes you do drink quite a bit and he's like what only i could say that which is <laughs> yeah. just so perfect and again your quote i had it written down in here Dishing it out? Sure, sign me up. Taking it? No, thank you. 
Um, I just wanted to look, sidetrack for a second here here and say, God bless England for giving the world people who look like Ricky Gervais. Because <laughs> yes. absolutely the way he looks is like a big part of why this is so funny. And he's just like a chubby weasel. And in, in, in the U.S., there would have been such a fight at the studio and the network to cast someone attractive. You know that it would have been like, Ricky, we love your show, mm-hmm. but we think that maybe... So, and because don't forget, the, the Office was made when Friends was still on the air. And, and not that the BBC and American television have anything really in common, but I'm just saying if this was in the United States, yeah. it would have been a much better looking guy and it would have hurt the show. And I think well, we, they realized... We, but I mean, you're acting like they didn't do that. <laughs> well, no, they, they did. And Steve Carell, yes, is an objectively better looking guy than Ricky but Gervais. But he's not, yeah. But he's, I think they realized from the success of right. the full run of the British office and how much people loved it that, hey, okay, maybe we can kind of scale it back and cast someone who's sort of more in the middle. They're not going to go full Gervais, right. but they're not going to go like, you know, most handsome guy ever either. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And another side note about that, though, and Goldie, I'm 100% sure you noticed this. In season one of The American Office, one of the funniest things is that Steve Carell's hair is struggling. Like there are, there are just like poster boards of him up in the office and his hair, you can see that like, he's got that thing and they play it up funnily. Like, it's like, Oh, on top of it all, his hair is struggling. But by season that (laughs) I know by season two, they fixed it. And I, I have to guess that's because Stephen Carell was probably getting like movie roles and things like that. And he just got his hair fixed and said, fuck it, we're just going with this. Yeah, right? Yeah. What do you mean fixed? But, yeah. Like you can't plugs? be on a big screen yeah. with that hair. Wow. Yes. No, we couldn't. Right. <laughs> well, no, but there's a difference because y- there's a difference between like, because there are many bald stars, I have to say, and people love them. They think they're sexy, you know, capable oh and God, all that kind of stop. stuff. It's true. Jason <laughs> Statham, The Rock, like we got a lot of bald people, you know, superstars out there. It's true. But, but the in-betweeners, they, they're a no-go. Like if oh, you're right. somebody who's going bald, that somehow sucks. Right. And you if to... but if you're someone who's bald fully or yeah. has a lot of hair, like we can work with either of those. But right. it's the in between where it all gets kind of. Oh, thank you so much for that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you more about the bald community. Um, so basically, three minutes into this pilot, we fully understand David Brent. Like we we get exactly who he is. And then we, you know, we have the great casting of Gareth and Tim. Then there's a great thing where they have the scene with uh, the woman from corporate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh my and God. we've talked yeah. about this in different ways. When we talked about the Cheers pilot, we talked about Sam Malone is dumb, but then here comes Coach, who's way more dumb. <laughs> yes. And so you kind of double down on this yeah. dumb thing. So we established David Brent is the boss, but then here comes his boss. And it's like we get to watch this insecure Weasley guy kind of squirm in the face. And 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 by the way, in 2022, no one would think twice about it. But in 2000, when this was made, to give David Brent a female boss seems yeah. like an added problem for him. <laughs> Just because we yes. already know that he makes these terrible sexist comments. And within this scene, Goldie, you know what I'm going to there. We hear... The voice of Finchie. 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 So Chris Finch, great, bloody great rep. 
So this guy, Finchy, who we don't even meet in the pilot, and actually David Goodman texted me this, that you don't meet Finchy until episode four. Oh. But it's the greatest buildup of just hearing about him. And David put in his text, he was like, I just thought when I was watching it, there's no way this character is going to live up to the the buildup that they've given him. And they said, absolutely, he surpassed it. So... (laughs) So Finchie leaves a message that David Brent chooses to let play only because he wants them all to hear his outgoing message, which is, please leave a massage, which is just the dumbest joke. But you could see him mouthing along with it, which was so So funny because he was clearly proud, yes, of his of his outgoing message, which was such a uh, 2090s thing. And so then the message itself is this guy, Finchie, and... Finchie's like, are you in that meeting with, uh, you know, whatever her name is? And like, uh, he goes, are you, are you looking up her skirt right now? And right as he said it, so David perfect. Brandt is looking right at her skirt and looks up and goes, I wasn't. It's a great so brilliant. bit of physical comedy. And that's the thing you notice, or I certainly did watching it uh, again, is that the jokes in the show, they're great and they're really funny. But most of them are old conventions. Like that was a classic physical comedy bit. Someone's saying, you're looking up her skirt and he's caught and then he's, you know, has to play dumb. There were, there were smash cuts. There was physical comedy. There was, you know, uh, wordplay. Like there, it just had all the old hallmarks of like jokes from, from great comedies in the past. So while it seemed like it was kind of, you know, breaking the mold. And this happens a lot with comedy where people will worship a new comedy and say like, oh my God, it totally changed the game. But comedy kind of stays around the same stuff all the time. Like the the, the different jokes that have worked in the past, the conventions, the types of jokes that work, uh, physical comedy, you know, smash cut jokes, uh, wordplay, those things always end up making their way into anything, regardless of how revolutionary it seems. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But that scene was so funny with the the, the new boss. And that's also where we get a, a big uh, plot point here, which is uh, we learn that one of the branches of this paper company, which is also a very funny business to be in because you just know that it's kind of dwindling already. Um, one of the branches is going to be closing down. And she and corporate have to decide uh, which one. And this is, of course, where we first hear about the Swindon lot. So when you watch the whole, I mean, like, I love that the show kind of gives you a little uh, lesson in in English geography. You know, you hear about all these weird little towns that uh, keep popping up. But this plot point honestly drives the show through most of the series. Like the in this in the first season, they're dealing with our is our branch going to going to close down? Are we going to be laid off? which they call redundancies, another British lesson for us all, uh, layoffs are redundancies. But that drives season one of like, is this branch going to close? And then season two, as we find out, their branch actually miraculously does not close and the other branch comes to them. But then the comedy of the two branches mixing is like mo- a lot of what season two is. I always, but, That was just so funny too, that like... <laughs> One of the one of the funnier things to me in any comedy is when the the person who's just such a fuck up like beats the competent person somehow. Yes, yes. <laughs> because and that's how the because that's how the world works. It's like yeah. you see it over and over in what we do. Like you go, that person's the biggest idiot I've ever met, and then you like cut to you open deadline dot com. You know, yeah. two days later, it's like signs multi million dollar deal, and you're I like, know. how? I know. How? <laughs> and it's something so true about that that I you know. go, yeah, of course they picked the wrong branch. Like, yeah, you needn't look no further than this podcast for a great example of that. <laughs> but this this plot point is that drives seasons one and two about the branches, which one will close. It's a good lesson for writers because, as you pointed out, Goldie, at the beginning. It's not particularly, it's not that creative of a plot point. It's a very simple plot point. One of the offices is going to close. We don't know which one it is. But yet it drives two seasons of comedy. So again, much like you don't need to overthink setting up your office with all these ham-fisted lines, 
you don't need to like overthink your plot points sometimes. You don't have to be like, you know, oh, my, my father-in-law's died and the funeral home needs casket. I need $2,000. It's like you don't need all, like a French farce it's, of a plot. It's, it's so funny you bring that up because, you know, first of all, there's, there is the, the dramatic stakes of I have a shitty job. And then all of a sudden someone tells you, you might lose your shitty job. It's like, I can't. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the great. human condition in a nutshell. It's yes. like, you're going to lose all these things you don't even like that much. Yeah. Terrible food and terrible food in such small portions. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, I just, I started watching that at new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle on Netflix. And basically yeah. the beginning of the movie is like, I thought it was a movie, going to be a movie from the trailer about a guy who wanted to be a basketball agent and couldn't get going and then miraculously like finds this player and brings them to America. But the beginning of the movie is he already works for the 76ers as like this scout. And then Robert Duvall plays the owner who gives him an assistant coach job and promotes him because he's been such a good scout. And then Robert Duvall has a son who's being groomed to take over the business, who's like not as nice and good as Robert Duvall. Of course he's bald. And by the way, the <laughs> actor in real life isn't bald, which is one of the most offensive things I've ever oh, seen. That shouldn't but be allowed. Cancel. 20 minutes in, the plot turn is that Robert Duvall dies, and now the son wants Adam Sandler to go back to being a scout, and so then he has to go back on the road. And he's staying, they make a point, of like, and he stays at five-star hotels. And you go, I don't give a shit. Like, the guy... He's not hustling. He's in a five-star hotel, so fuck yeah. it. But it's, it, it, it's such a distinction between when you see it done poorly like that, right. like like right. all the, the buildup of like, and the owner's a good guy, and then he finally gets the job he wants, and then the owner dies, and now, and it's like, yeah, why, why did you do that up and back? Right, right. <laughs> like, it's like, inefficient. Why? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's not interesting or good or whatever. It, it just is like checking... A, a 101 dr a drama stakes box yes. of like, how do you build stakes? Like, well, this is how you do it. Whereas this just walks in with, with none of that artifice and, nope. and nothing around it and just goes, you see this boring place and now there's a giant shakeup of everyone here who thinks they might be fired and, yep. and their savior is a moron. Yeah. And, and the guy who's clearly a stooge as a boss and you see this in the meeting where he gathers everyone to tell them, has to be a real boss and tries to be a real boss. Right. Yes, absolutely right. And now JC has a heart out, so I'm going to hustle through some of these other points. But I wanted to highlight the some great jokes in there that get repeated still to this day. The assistant to the regional manager <laughs> yeah. is one of the great sitcom jokes of all time where Gareth keeps introducing himself as, uh, yeah, I'm assistant regional manager. And David Brent quickly corrects him each time, assistant to the regional manager, which is, it's just such a great dick punch by David Brent. And, and, and there's that scene where Tim puts Gareth's stapler in jello. And yeah. he pulls it, you know, as a prank on, on Gareth. Yeah. And so he pulls it out and he's like, oh, and then... Tim and the new guy, the new temp, start riffing about like puns custody. about it. Should I put him in custody? <laughs> you know uh, that that kind of stuff. And it's David something about Bre a trifle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> trifling matter. It's a trifling matter. And David Brent is so excited by this because this is what he wants for his workplace. He wants people to feel like, oh, it's a joke fest. But he doesn't have the talent to join in. <laughs> like he's sitting there listening to the puns, so excited, but can't think of one himself. And he like even leans in and like just can't do it. That's um, my entire career in a nutshell. No. Not true. You'd be the one. That... I swear to God, every time I've ever left a room to like use the bathroom and come back, everyone's laughing hysterically. <laughs> I know. No. Well, that's we got to get Danny Smith to give us a quote of which he says all the time because that happens to him a lot. And he comes back in the room and he goes, never get out of the boat, man. Never get out of the boat, <laughs> which is a great yeah, quote. Better everyone's bored the entire day than I leave <laughs> and something good happens. And I, I want to highlight for a quick moment, too, because it was just just so hilariously uncomfortable when David Brent is telling Don that he found a lump in his testicles. Oh my god! And the way the way that he physically scoops it. his testicles with his and outside right of his pants, face. right in her face while she's eating, was so great. And and again, we we talked about this before, but that's in its own way that's old style comedy. That's a spit take. 
It's basically like, you know, you're doing something disgusting in somebody's face while they're eating and then they have to put what they're eating down. That's an old yeah. comedy convention. But the way he did it was so great. Just the way he physically felt the lump. Oh, it was so great. So we talk about, you know, the forbidden romance between Tim and Don, um, how that lasts through the whole show and inspired like a great uh, plot line of the American show. You know, the Amer- the the love affair between uh, Jim and Pam in the American office is arguably what, what got it such a huge audience. I mean, people love that shit. And yeah. that's something that I know when I'm ever writing anything, I neglect that stuff. Like, I will say, oh, well, who the fuck cares? This is a comedy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to yeah. put in some schmaltzy romance in there. But you know what? People love it, and it really worked. Yeah. Um, so I have to I have to get better about that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start adding love I in really, my scripts yeah, and actual human put, emotion. We got to put love in this podcast. <laughs> Check out JC's box, everyone. Uh, so, Goldie, I don't know if you had any more points you wanted to hit because I think we need to kind of hustle up. But like, no, I, I think you did a great job. I mean, it, it's yeah. you know, I wanted to add to your when he talks about his uh, his testicle. <laughs> that to me, the the comedy of that it it comes from such a true thing of the the boss who's ruining your life during the one moment you have to relax, which is your lunch, which is your personal yes. time comes over and starts a pity party for themselves and tries to humanize themselves. And you're like, I don't give a shit if you fucking die. My life would be a million times better. And you're presenting this as a tragedy during the one time I can sit here and just like enjoy my sandwich. And and it just goes to show that this, this time that you think you might be wasting where you're not being a writer professionally, you can build up a reserve of observed moments yeah. Of how you feel and how bad your life is. Yes. And you can insert them into dramatic situations yeah. and they will be great. Yes, yeah. as they proved here. So, I mean, I think all of our hats are off. JC, I'm sure you'd seen. I've only the watched the pilot. Okay. And just now for this? Yeah. I watched oh, well, it three you, times. Yeah, so now I will watch now you it. Gotta, you got to go watch because, oh, yeah, yeah. again, you're not, you're not making a lifelong commitment here. It's yeah. 13 episodes long, and yeah. you will love it. Yes, so it's I, I, In a way, it, we've it. sort of, with this episode done it, like we've established JC's hard out. Yeah. We're now 11 yeah. minutes away from that hard out. We still haven't done two major segments. <laughs> what is going to happen? What's going to happen? And you know what? It's a simple plot device, but everyone can relate to the hard out. Um, anyway, so the British office, way to go. And I mean, just to wrap it up the way they did, to have David Brent giving a testimonial at the end to camera where, again, he's patting himself on the back for being, he's like, you know, what is this job about really? Well, you know, it's not about uh, raising profitability or doing that. It was when a, a, a Greek worker who had just moved here asked me to be uh, godfather to his son. And then there's a long pause and he goes, uh, didn't work out though. We had to let him go. He was rubbish. He was rubbish. And then they cut out. It was just, it was great. So again, that's a smash cut to end your show. Like they just, like he was shit and then song and we're out. So I'm going to pitch you a really quick show right now. Yeah. Janice Cruz Brooks plays Denise out. She needs to be out by <laughs> Denise out. And, Denise and yet out. her coworkers are meandering on tangents Denise that are completely out. unnecessary in no, hard out. Wait, wait, can I add can I add a detail to that? Plays yeah. plays bodybuilder Denise out. So she could be hard out. Oh, I love that. That's, uh, that's great. All right, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll have a, the pilot yeah, ready. Yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, Danny would love to. I, hey, I watched that show. Do we do a top three? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can get it. All right, so now let's go to a portion of our show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, that sounds excellent. Now, JC, this was your category this week. What do we got? Uh, top Five Canadian Entertainers That Aren't Stew. Okay, I'm oh. going to do mine in <laughs> under 30 there seconds. There goes my number two. <laughs> just, just, to respect, uh, just to respect the heart out. Yeah. Uh, 
Number five, I'm going to go with Seth Rogen. He's someone I really enjoy. Number four, I'm going to go with Will Arnett. Will Arnett is very funny. He does great voice work. He's excellent in the Lego movies and a great guy. Number three, I'm going to go with, here's a shocker, Pam Anderson. We don't think about her that much. She's Canadian, but what did she mean to every guy in the 90s? Am I right? Yeah. Number two of all time is Martin Short. Hilarious, yes. great author, and I love him. Overlap. And number one, you got to give it to him. He did it longer and better than anyone. Jim Carrey. Woo! Oh, there's a glaring omission there, but I, I love that list. That was really good, and list. there's some overlap. Okay, yeah, some overlap for me, too. All right, number five, I'll take a little more time with it. Summer of 69, baby, Brian Adams. Gotta love Brian Adams. He's given me a lot over the years. Number four, I had to go with him. He's been down lately, but his ups were upper than most. Mike Myers. Nice. Gotta put him there. Number three, somebody, if, if I could wish, you know, anyone back to life, Relatives included, it might be this guy, John Candy. Ah, uh, uh, lovely. Loved, yeah. loved him. Number two, here's who you missed, Goldie, you fraud. Norm. <laughs> oh, no. Norm. That sucked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to be honest, I realized as we were talking about The Office, I hadn't done my top five. Oh, that's why I was like wow, scrambling. Wow, you did a great job. Well, that was a good I didn't list, do my yeah. homework. Pam Anderson, I loved. I, that's, I, that's a great, one. great addition. And number one for me was your number two, Goldie, Martin Short. Love him. Nice. Love okay. Him. Well, Go ahead, JC. Uh, my number, mine is so random. So my number five is... Singer Emily Haynes. She's uh, the singer of Metric. I always talk about this band. She's been the greatest yeah. musical influence of my life. I think she's wow. amazing, and she's a beautiful person. Maybe a little neurotic, we'll but your, I love her. We'll take your word for it. Yes. <laughs> Number four, Donald Sutherland. If I see oh. him in anything, I'm like, I love him. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, JC. Thank you for that endorsement, JC. Exactly. Oh, maybe we interview him next. Oh, I, 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 like I don't it. think anyone would want to hear this voice for more than five seconds. Oh, that's pretty good, though. No, um, number three, and this is arguable, I put Lorne Michaels because hey. he's brought so much of the Canadian talent to yeah. us. Um, mm. I have a quick story. When I was I was in the gospel choir for the show Maya and Marty with Martin Short and Maya Rudolph, and they were trying to block this, this segment of our... And we were either going to be an opening or a closing number, and they were really having a hard time with it. And it took hours. Lauren comes out, and he walks up to Maya and Marty, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, mm. come downstage. This is fucking show business. Don't you know what you're wow. doing? And Keenan, who was the choir director, looks at us and he's like, why don't we go? And he just escorted <laughs> us off the stage. <laughs> so I just love that story. It's my only chance to tell that story was probably that's right great. here. So. <laughs> that's great. That's so, cool. And, and Maya was like, geez, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> what a badass. <laughs> totally. Um, number two, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Love him. And I should have had him on. My number one uh, is Michael J. Fox. Oh. So dead. Uh, Glaring yeah. oversight on my part. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Goldie and I both fucked up. <laughs> All right. We'll have our amended lists later. <laughs> um, so next week, I'm choosing uh, our top five for next week. Uh, next week's top five, Goldie. You got to you, hold on to your socks because they're going to be blowed off. Uh, next week's top five. Top five movie scenes. Of all time, oh, whoa. the top five best scenes in okay. a movie. Okay, all right, thank you. There we go. All right, and now we're gonna close the show with a couple minutes to spare with a segment we like to call High Note. <laughs> thank you, Tom and Max, for yes. that lengthy la. Yeah. And Tom, we we hope Tom's feeling better yes. this week. Have we had any word? Yes, we have. In fact, he sent us a message. Oh, let's hear so, it. Here we go. Hello, Alec, Goldie, and JC. It's me, Tom Gamble. Is it? <laughs> you may have heard I've contracted COVID, and it's made my voice sound rather silly. I trust it's not affected my funny bone. We shall see. Nevertheless, stay well and have a good day. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> was that Steve, is that Steve O'Donnell? Who was that? Did he say? Someone named Paul. Paul. I think. Okay. <laughs> That, that's amazing. That's a very funny bit, Tom. So, so COVID has affected your voice to the Cheerio. point where you're now like a sort of a Gene oh, Shepherd. Oh, feeling better. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, who has your voice now, Tom? Did somebody else get? Did, did Max get it from COVID? Um, that's great. Well, Tom, we're glad to hear that you're on the mend, and hopefully yes. that voice will be back uh, next week. Because Tommy, that's your trademark, kid. You got to stick with that voice. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll my high note. 
quickly is, uh, I don't know if any of you saw this story, but students at uh, some place called Seattle Pacific University graduated this week. And uh, the interim president of that university has taken a strong anti-LGBTQ stance to the point where not allowing the university to hire anyone who's LGBTQ. So all these graduates in lieu of shaking this guy's hand when they graduated, handed him a small rainbow flag that he then had to like play off and put aside for like 70 people in a row. <laughs> it was kind of an awesome thing totally. to see this guy just totally humiliated. So way to go students yeah. at Seattle Pacific University. It was a great one. Well, I'm going to look really admirable when I just want to say I love my new electric kettle. <gasps> Ooh, really <laughs> nice. I get water at exactly 175 degrees. I no longer have to wait for it to cool. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's called a fellow's kettle. Yeah, we it's, have it's, one. That you set great. the temperature precisely yeah. and yeah. Yeah, love that's them. better than social. Is justice. that like Brian Fellows? <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and my high note is this is pr- another random thing is our accountant, we went back to our old accountant from who's in New York. He's the best. If you if you need an accountant, you're in New York. His name is Bennett Lerner. He's amazing. We filed late. We get the best refunds with him. Everything uh, is. Right. He's he's the greatest. And cheating the system. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Yeah. See, when you when you started off with Bennett, I was unsure, but then when you closed with Lerner, Lerner. I was like, there we go. That's your accountant <laughs> right there, baby. And I'm I'm shocked that your high note was not getting out on time for this. Oh, hour. Denise out does it again. <laughs> <laughs> Former like... bodybuilder Denise out. <laughs> I mean, we need to make um, a theme. Well, that. we can't sit here laughing because Denise out has to go lift vigorously at the gym. Yeah, maybe we'll really write the heart out pilot on the air. Next. Yes, <laughs> that that's would be a great. great. Idea. We should we should write the opening scene for it on air. <laughs> Um, All right. I want to thank you two for being awesome. And thank you all out there for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Next week. (laughs) Again. Never get out of the boat, man. Never get out of the boat.